Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Damn. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Okay, everybody. I'm going to do a take two with ABC Cam. And it's going to be even better than the first time. That's what villains do. Austin villains, that's what we do. We have to stay in control of the Austin Villainy, Villain Association, and I'll try to keep it even more PC than we did the first time. I can't, I can't promise anything. I will try to okay. not lead you in that direction. Fair. So I don't want to do so much about Hannah's season. I, there's a lot of people who heard the first podcast. It was great. We're going to try to talk about Hannah's season ever so slight, but obviously Paradise is like... The big thing. Mm -hmm. Well, first off, everyone's question was, are you dating Kerpa? Everyone is asking me that. And no, we are not dating. Uh, she came down here to Austin for my birthday. Her and Alex B, who is also from Colton Season. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. She didn't get a lot of screen time, but she's beautiful too. Well, what about her? She's awesome. Well, she lives in Canada. Mm -hmm. And my last girlfriend that I dated before Bachelorette got deported to Canada. So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, then maybe you should just move there. No, too cold for me. Can't do it. No, but Kerpa's great. We have a lot of good chemistry. Would you like to date her? It's it's too early to say because first off, I just I do not want to do long distance. And she Where lives does she, live? she lives in LA. Oh, okay. Yeah. She lives with Sydney now. Sydney oh, was right, also right, from right. Colton Season, yeah, yeah, also yeah. in Paradise. Yeah. And I just I don't want to do long distance. So we, we had a great time for my birthday and nothing physical happened. Well, why did she come to your birthday? Because we're friends. So we, we met in Costa Rica um, right after I got off Paradise. There was a couple of other bachelor people. We had a trip there. Yeah. So we, we met there and, and developed a really good friendship. And she had never been to Texas before. And, um, you know, Austin Pets Alive. Uh, so her and Alex are like obsessed with animal shelters. So they came down and volunteered. So it was kind of a two birds with one stone trip for them. I still think that it, what if you find the the person and you got to do long distance and then you figure it out. Don't be uh, a hater. I'm not, I'm not a hater, but my love language is well, one of my main love languages, physical touch. See physical touch. You can't do that with long distance. Mm. I guess I'm needy, but cause I, I think one of my favorite parts about being in a committed relationship is like a Tuesday night. We're just hanging out. I'm making you dinner and it's like, it's real. Yeah. Right. I just, I don't like the, the constant FaceTiming, it just, I don't know. I respect it. Not That's okay. Me. I know That's what okay. I want. I know what I want. So you were on Hannah B's season, obviously. Um, I guess we won't talk about the casting process since uh, it's typical. Some friend nominates you. You get a call. You go. It's great. Most people say before the show that they had never seen it. Were you one of those people? I forgot. Uh, I had seen it before bits and pieces um, just from past seasons. Um, one of my friends, this was like during Emily Maynard's season, I think it was the very first time I'd ever seen it. Mm -hmm. One of my friends said, you have mannerisms and you remind me of Kalen, like the guy Kalen. You do. And he turned out to be the villain of the his villain season. He's from like, he's, <laughs> he's from, from Houston. Houston. Houston guy. You should get together with him, by the way. I think he lives in LA now. Of course. Okay. Don't they all. Bye. <laughs> Never mind. So that was the first time I ever watched it, and it was just on and off. And then I went to college with James Taylor from JoJo season, so saw a few episodes with him in it. But that's pretty much the gist of my bachelor association. And you had just gotten out of a 
fairly serious relationship with with the dog. Yep. The yep. dog story. Yeah, so my last girlfriend, my last serious girlfriend, we dated for about nine months before I went on um, The Bachelorette. And we got to the point in the relationship where we were either getting engaged or breaking up. And the thing that kind of expedited that was the fact that her work visa got denied. Oh, she's the girl. She's the Canadian, okay. yeah. yeah. And it's like, hey, you guys can get married and she can stay here or you can try to do distance. And I think we both knew we didn't want to do distance. So that was it. And I didn't do dating apps after that. So I was pretty much single for seven, eight months before I had a friend who came into town and basically said, I'm going to nominate you for the show. So then you, you're chosen, you go out to LA. And the fun thing about you was that you were on, you met Hannah before mm -hmm. on this lot. What was it? The, on after the, the final rose for, for Colton mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. And it was you and f what, four or five other guys? It was guys? me, Luke Parker, Luke Stone, Dustin, and Connor. Tall Connor. So you rapped, and you got the first little rose thing. Yeah. I guess it's the pre-first impression rose. I mean, I consider that you got one of the... There were two first impression roses. Right, yeah. right. And I think... So we didn't get to talk to any of the guys backstage, like the four guys, like me and the other four guys. So... We had just done our quick little intros talking with Hannah. And then next thing we know, Chris Harrison calls us back out and said, Hannah wants to give out a rose right now. So then they bring the backdrop that looks like we're at the mansion and we're like, holy crap, like this is actually happening now. And I honestly was so nervous from the rap. I was fumbling over my words. I didn't even think that I stood a didn't shot. Didn't you say that it was, it was like, completely you had just kind of thought of it a moment before or something i had originally written a poem for her right, right, right. and yeah. i was told to be more upbeat because you know this is supposed to be lighthearted and fun so i kind of tried to transition the poem into a rap which actually isn't as easy as you would think so did that and then she gave me the rose and that was a pretty endearing moment because she forgot to even ask me if I would accept the rose. She just was like, here, yeah. take it. She couldn't figure out how to pin it on me. So I think that's one of the things that people really liked and resonated about Hannah is how relatable she is. She's just a big goofball and she was herself the whole time. So I'll, I'll give her, I'll give her that. And do you think because you got that sort of first impression rose, you walked in the house with like a little more swagger? than others? I think there was definitely the confidence piece because I think that's everyone's first, like obviously goal and objective is night one is to A, talk to her. Cause if you have 30 guys and that night goes by really fast mm -hmm. and you have to be like a shark in the water to try to get your time with her. You have to create time. There's not like time slots. Like, okay, you have the 10 to 12 spot to go in. Like, you no. You just have to go, 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 go. Exactly. And creep around the corner. And I hate interrupting conversations. Oh, yeah. But you, you kind of have to, right? So um, I still had some nerves because at that point in time, she's already starting to get to know the other guys too. So that, that confidence that you have, I'm sure you can relate to. It's very short-lived. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's cool for in the moment, but then after that, like if you have a bad conversation with her, you're like, oh, it's, I'm going home. It's over. So much pressure on night one. Yeah. But she, she could have taken the rose away, too. I think you asked me that in the first oh, time. Yeah. You said, she, well, well, Cam, she could have taken the rose away from you if you said something just really bad. So That's good. So that she didn't, didn't do that. So that was cool. So the irony of it all is that you, we just said the Austin villains, you kind of became like a mini villain, mm -hmm. a villain for maybe three or four episodes. Yeah. Which I, did you think that was happening as you were filming? 
Um, no, not really, because honestly, I got along with all the guys. Okay. Like, I didn't have any beef with any of them. I kept my distance from Luke Parker a little bit. Not that I had anything specifically against him. I just knew that he was a very competitive type. Yeah. I mean, and he made his presence known night one. So I didn't want to get like too close to him. But I mean, I was like the house chef. I was making the guys breakfast in the morning and doing all the grilling. And we all like had a good time. So I didn't think that I was going to be this quote unquote villain. Right until the group date that I crashed. Um, that What a move. Yeah. I mean, so, so Hannah came to the mansion the night before and she told everyone she wants a bold man. And that's the problem with a word like bold because it's open to interpretation. So what's bold for me may not be bold for somebody else. And when I crashed that group date, like literally I didn't want to do it just to ruffle the feathers. Like I wasn't going there to give a big F you to all the guys. I just wanted a quick romantic gesture, give her flowers, tell her hello because I hadn't been on the group dates or any of the one-on-one dates the first two weeks. Oh. Yeah. So she like... You went two weeks without yeah. a date? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So so and when you're in the Bachelor Mansion and you're not... I would have been freaking out if I went two yeah, weeks Yeah. So it's, it's easy to get inside your head in that situation and it's like, oh, well, she gave you the first rose. But again, like I said, when someone else comes back from a one-on-one date and they're glowing and they got their rose, like it doesn't even, it doesn't even matter anymore no. at that point. So I'm like, okay, she wants bold. I'm going to show her bold. So I managed to, to get there to the group date. And again, it wasn't to be malicious towards the guys. It was just like, Hey, I'm here for her. I have great friends in Texas. I'm not here to, to be friends with you guys. So from there, it all went downhill. It backfired on you. Big time. And then the conversation with Hannah, which I think was the, the big thing. And this is where I want to get into the lymphedema conversation yep. and how you told your story versus like how she took it via Mike saying Mm -hmm. it was a pity story. I think going back, if I had to do something differently in that situation, I wouldn't have announced to all the guys after Chris Harrison had left and basically said, Hey, tonight there's no cocktail party. We're doing this tailgate. And then we're going into the rose ceremony because I wanted to tell Hannah the day before when I was on the group date, but my one-on-one time literally was like 30 seconds before Jonathan came in and like oh, was not, oh confrontation man, with you guys. that was, that was like real time. Like he, he came in there and like was not allowing and me to talk with her. And I remember you were wanting that moment really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And he just was like, no, nope, not going to happen. So, and I, I'm not going to get into physical altercation because a, you'll get sent home right away. And then right. B, that just is not a good look. That's not who I am. So, because I had missed that opportunity to tell her then, I'm like, okay, well, I have to tell her now because I didn't want it to linger any longer. Because that's important for you to yeah. say to someone you're dating. One, I had two past serious relationships that that was kind of one of the, the reasons why it didn't work out was they weren't ready to be a caretaker when I was undergoing all these surgeries. So I had to come from a place of transparency and honesty with Hannah. And that's why I wanted to tell her. Because in the other part too is she's very into physical activity. If you look at all the other physical activities they did later in the season, like the rugby, like I wouldn't have been able to physically do that. So, so to me, like if I would have waited to hypothetically be on a group date, I would have had to pull her aside then and tell her. And to me, that would have seemed a little bit more calculated if I waited. And that would have seemed a little bit more pity struck in to say, Hey, by the way, I can't play rugby today because I have this condition, but I had to tell her because I said, Hannah, when the cameras aren't rolling and let's say hypothetically you and I are engaged and then we eventually get married. If we're 
at the altar exchanging wedding vows and sickness and in health. Like I need to know that like yeah. you can handle the sickness part because that's just something that's been a big part of my life. Right. And it wasn't for pity. I just think that people can put that narrative in front of me because it's an easy cop out for them to say, oh, well, he was just strategically trying to say this sob story to get pity. But no, because for me, and I think I told you this in our first conversation, pity is not sexy. If you're trying to woo someone or win them over, like empathy and sympathy is one thing, but to have pity, like, yeah. no. And I never said pity rose. So that was just complete BS. Well, and it's really difficult. Even I never had like a two week span of not getting a date, but I only had group dates. So I, mm. I, I know what it's like without a one-on-one, -on -one, without getting that uninterrupted time. Although I feel like those are still interrupted in some ways, but you, it's really, you kind of have to like really plan when you're going to say these things that are really important to you. Yeah. Anyone who says it's not strategic is, is lying Yeah, because your time is so limited there. It really is. And if there's big things you need to get off your chest, it's like, okay, do I say this day one and freak her out? Or do I wait till the very end where she's already complaining to me about not opening up? Like she did with Luke Parker. She's like, Luke, like you're not opening up to me. You're not telling me anything. And I would have loved to have been in his situation to have as much one-on-one -on -one time as he did with her because we would have had great conversations and I would have been probably overly expressive. Well, how long you, you pull her aside at the little pool party thing, mm -hmm. how long in real time was that conversation? Uh, I want to say like eight to 10 minutes. So it wasn't even like an hour long. Cause that was the biggest thing I told the guys to say, guys, like yeah. I'm from the South. I love a good college football tailgate as good as anybody. So I don't want to be a Debbie downer here, but let me just get this off my chest, address the elephant in the room. And then we can move on. I said, I promise I'll be brief. Like I was like legitimately trying to be respectful of the guys and also of the environment of what the tailgates are meant to be. Because at that point, Hannah was already kind of overwhelmed and I didn't want to like bring her down. Right. So as soon as I kind of told her my story, which kind of makes me who I am, I quickly transitioned it to something lighthearted. And we made like a little bet about Texas A&M and Alabama college football. And then were you surprised by Mike as the person who decided to like take it upon himself. 100%. I, did, I didn't think it would be him. I didn't either. That from, from my time in the bachelorette, that was the biggest shocker to me because he and I were close. He's also a Texas boy. We both played college basketball together and we had some really good like bonding late night conversations. And I just, I did not expect that from him. And I pulled him aside and after basically Hannah confronted me about her conversation with Mike, I said, did you tell her that I wanted a pity rose? And he kept giving me this like, well, he said that you said that you yeah, were doing this. Yeah. For a pity rose. And I said, Mike, it's a binary question. Yes or no. Did you tell her I wanted a pity rose? And finally I got him to admit, he said, yes. And I said, that's all I needed to know. And then I walked away. And as soon as that happened, like basically whenever Hannah came to me and said, Cam, we need to talk. Anybody that's in a, in a relationship and that, that tonality that we need to talk, I knew like in my gut that I was probably going home. But we still had a cocktail party at the end. Like you had time. No, we didn't. No, because the, the cocktail party was was canceled because it was it was basically tailgate straight into the rose ceremony. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And that's when you, okay. And then yeah. that's when you got sent home. Mm -hmm. It's that rose ceremony. Yeah, that's painful. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even have any, and, and honestly, I was so caught off guard when Hannah reapproached me about like the whole thing. She's like, while I appreciate you being honest and transparent, I just got to question the timing of things. And it's like, well, Hannah, you literally just went through this when you were on The Bachelor. You know how valuable and short-lived the time is. So 
I, I get it at that point in time, she had to trust her gut and I guess she had a stronger connection with Mike then because they did have more time together, one-on-one -on -one time together. Yeah. So it was basically his word over mine. Much like the situation she was in in The Bachelor when it was like the feud between her and Kaylin yeah. and Colton had to somewhat pick sides. So that was unfortunate because that was the very first time that I've ever had to be in defense mode about my lymphedema when that was something that I didn't even really want to talk about in the first place. It's so insane that you even like felt like you had to be in that position. Yeah, nobody should ever have to defend themselves for having a disability. No. So it, it is what it is. But the, we'll probably get into this later, but there's definitely been a silver lining to my whole experience on The we Bachelorette. Will. Yeah. Did you ever have a conversation like post show with Mike being like, yo, you wronged me. So we did. Um, and then we obviously saw each other in paradise too. Right. Um, we're fine now. We don't have any beef. I, yeah. we, we haven't really gone into this full on conversation about like, dude, why did you say that? I think I still need some closure from him on that. But one of the things that he, I remember him saying is that, well, Cam, you basically told all the guys that there are no rules in this, which is true in, in bachelor and bachelorette, there are no quote unquote rules. No, there's unspoken rules. And I, and I told them, I said, guys, when we walked into the mansion, Chris Harrison or Hannah did not hand us a rule book, but just know that anything you do or say, you're going to have to answer to. Mm -hmm. So Mike does strike me as a man of integrity. So I just don't know why he felt that was the right thing to do was to tell her that. I don't have any ill will towards Hannah. I would honestly, I would like to have a closure conversation with her at some point in time because I haven't talked to her since she sent me home. Those are always interesting situations. The first time you see the person. So, do, you, do you consider Ben to be an ex? No. Okay. No, I don't know. I mean, do you know anything about Hannah? I mean, not, not from what, I mean, I really didn't get that much time with her. I mean, we had some, some good small talk conversations and I know a little bit about her childhood for things that didn't air that none of the other guys talked to her about. Yeah. So that's cool. But I don't know enough about her to like consider her to say, oh yeah, she's, she's my ex-girlfriend. Well, the irony of it, at least for me, is that maybe it's like, you're so, it's so intense and it's so built up. I can't even remember what we even talked about. I could not tell you one thing we talked you about. You and Ben? No. Yeah. No idea. Not all the smart things. Oh, <laughs> it's the second time <laughs> that he has pulled that joke on me. Own it. Let's, I, I want to quickly touch on the Jed stuff. Okay. Did you think Jed was going to be the winner? I mean, I know you weren't there the whole time, but did you see a connection between them? So I, I didn't because I wasn't on any, well, she was on the one group date with the, the pregnancy stimulator thing. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. he was on that. And there was just, there, there was like a moment where, um, when he was uh, on the shock pad table, like, I guess the, the birthing room, the birthing table, the birthing table. <laughs> and I'm a pretty good read of nonverbal communication and just body language. So when he was like, they're holding hands and like, he was getting ready to quote unquote give birth. Um, I could sense a chemistry between them two. Yeah. Like it was, it was nonverbal. They just were kind of locked eyes and she was glowing. Like I, I could tell she was definitely into him. So you were like, maybe he's not the guy, but he's definitely. There were definitely feelings there for sure. I mean, cause her, her body language with him was completely different than it was with like someone like John Paul Jones, completely well, different. Well, they were totally friends only. Yeah. How shocked were you? when you saw that news? Cause I don't think that had come out when we no, recorded the first time. No, no, when I spoke, it hadn't. Um, look, I get it. People can go on the show for the right or the wrong reasons. I know that's like bachelor colloquialisms and whatnot. 
he's a musician, nothing against musicians at all. I'm friends with a lot of musicians and I get that this is an opportunity to showcase yourself as an individual. He was very open about that. And, and it's okay. She accepted it. Right. But it's like, don't sit there and talk bad about Luke Parker's character when oh, you had a girlfriend back home the whole time. Woof. And I think everyone after like the news broke about Jed and his girlfriend, and then they see the hometown date with Jed's family, like it's it makes obvious. So much sense. It's obvious why his mom and sister were very like apprehensive about the whole thing because I think they had like just met Haley not too long ago. Well, and he probably told them before he left, like, hey guys, I'm just doing this. I won't get this far. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he shows up, which it's not to say that he might not have grown feelings for her during the process, but like to not mention that is crazy. Well then, it, and then think about night one when that guy Scott, who had, I guess, a girlfriend that he had just broken up with and like Hannah flipped shit on him, Yeah. right? And then so then she ends up picking Jed and he has a girlfriend back home the whole time. And I'm not talking shit on Jed. He was nice to me, so I don't have any malicious ill will towards him directly. Um, but when he told Hannah that he didn't like really know about like this whole show and the process, that's just kind of BS. It's the bachelorette and the bachelor. You know that the Everyone desired knows. end result is to end in an engagement. So don't go on the show unless that's something you feel you're ready for. So that's, that's all I'll say about Jed. Well, here's what I want to talk about is paradise. Mm -hmm. I told you. I don't know, Cam. I don't know. This is her I told you so moment. <laughs> no, it's not. I just, I don't want to see the same thing happen again. Yeah. I mean, I didn't either because. Did you I, think you were going to get a redemption arc or were you I, hoping you would? I was hoping and I truly believed it because mm -hmm. I don't know if I told you this, but I, I had spoken to Tanner and, and Goose and Evan. So those are three guys who got engaged in paradise. And all three of those guys didn't necessarily have the best uh, edit or showing they weren't fan favorites on their seasons of the bachelorette so like that's something we could all relate on and i felt that okay if i'm going to be in the first wave of paradise so the first arrivals a i'm going to get more time and hopefully i'll be set up for success but unfortunately that's not how it uh came to be and i'm not gonna lie there were several times out there on the beach when i was thinking in my head Olivia was right. <laughs> Olivia was right. Oh, and then I got that call from you and I was just like, oh, I knew what it was. I called you before my mom. You were literally, when I got my phone back, you were the first person I called. I, and I knew why you were calling. And I was so upset. You didn't think I was calling you because I was engaged? No, because it was too early. Like I know the timing. Yeah. And I was, I was just, you know, oh, when I got that call, it was really gut wrenching. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk. You come in with the cheetah shirt. Mm-hmm. Solid move. Yeah, I got more compliments on that than people hating on it. You're you're on a beach. This is paradise. It was, a, it was a power move there. Power move. Yeah. But the worst thing maybe that I've ever seen, and maybe it's just like super triggering, but when you walk on the beach to the the bed with all the guys and all the guys are on it, and then they get up. That was like, I wanted to like sob for you, for everyone who's ever felt that way. And that actually happened. That like, that wasn't like them, we were talking and then all of a sudden they got up and moved like, no, I walked up there and I felt like I was like the, the reject at recess or at the school cafeteria. I know I've been there. And I've never experienced that like in like high school or college. Like I've always had a solid group of friends and I, 
have been pretty cordial to everybody from all backgrounds and walks of life. So when that happened, that's like, oh shit, is this how the rest of my paradise is going to go? Because I literally didn't do anything wrong to any of those guys. So for them to like out the gate, kind of act that way, I was like, okay. How did day one go for you? Like, I mean, obviously that wasn't a good start, but did you, by the end of the day, did you feel like people were accepting of you or it, it was it got a lot better once john paul jones arrived because like he's one guy that i can find in on the bachelorette yeah and we stayed in touch so that was good but overall like i wasn't too worried about the guys i i want to just go and have as many meaningful conversations with as many girls as possible because i didn't get that opportunity with hannah so actually day one from a conversation perspective with all the girls was awesome. I got more time with like five girls than I did with Hannah in the entire you know, three weeks that I was there. But you told me before you went, you were like all eyes for Kaylin. Yeah, I didn't even get to really talk to her um, that first day. Who did you talk to? So the very first conversation I had was with Katie Morton, Katie Mo, mm -hmm. who is a lovely, I love her. She's just a great person. Yeah. And we had like an hour and a half conversation, talked about family, how life's been post-show for her and like kind of what expectations for Paradise were because I was pretty bold and transparent with every girl. So I'm like, hey, I'm not here to be an Instagram husband or boyfriend. Like I want a future wife and a future mother of my children. Like that's what I'm here for. I'm not gonna say that's my expectation, but it's an aspiration that I have. Um, I talked to Tasha for a while. Um, she was really sweet too. Um, a great conversation with Annalise and I've gotten a lot of like into you ship so Annalise and I. You are so stupid for not going for that. <laughs> I'll admit, yeah. Um, looking at all the, I guess the cast from, from this season of Paradise, she's probably the one I had the most compatibility with. Yeah. yeah and she's just lovely. She is. She is a sweet girl. Uh, she's a sweet woman. She has a boyfriend a woman. now. Sorry, I missed out. No, I know. I know. She has a boyfriend. We, we talked at, um, at the reunion. Um, but I think with Annalise, what was my thing in my head was I kept comparing myself to Camille like this like swole male model that's mm. it, it, I know it's a mistake on my end and the other part too she's so deeply rooted in San Francisco and I was like in my head thinking okay like I actually if I do want to be engaged to this woman like do I really see myself relocating to California you do it for Kerpa get out of here <laughs> well um and then i guess the third element with with annalise is she kind of started to have an early connection with chris chris b so yeah yeah and that was a huge curveball i think all of the guys were shocked when he gave his first roast to christina and not annalise that was shocking yeah because honestly i mean we could sit here and play the hypothetical but if chris had given his roast to annalise and then kind of started to further explore his relationship with Katie and I realized Kaylin wasn't what I thought she was, then that probably would have been a better opportunity for me to like re-explore things with Annalise on the beach. But I digress. That's not how it went down. Who did you, you gave your rose to Kaylin? Mm -hmm. Well, and the first conversation her and I had like in-depth conversation was at a cocktail party right before the rose ceremony and then literally the next day mike arrives she goes on a one-on-one -on -one with him then dean arrives she goes on a one-on-one -on -one with him then connor arrives she goes on a one-on-one -on -one with him and we know how the rest of her story played out but i just i felt i felt a little bit misled with kaylin um well she did like suck face with you just for that rose right looking back <laughs> I, I i think so i mean i think and maybe it was on one of your podcasts that she did with you before Paradise. And this is kind of what confused me about Kaylin is that she said that 
going into paradise. She's looking to find her person and she'll never date a man again, who's a, a non-Christian, like a non-believer. Like that's very important to her in her words. Yeah. And look who she's with now. Dean is like Dean an open. the Lord. Oh, does he? Oh, <laughs> he's like a spirit animal of, I don't know, Matthew McConaughey and beach bum. Yeah. But Dean's a nice guy. I'm not, I'm not talking shit on him. It's just, to me, it's like her words and actions don't really align. And that was kind of disappointing. Right. So, but again, you know, she's not my person. I think I just need to stay away from, from pageant Queens. Well, you had built her up clearly yeah, in your mind. I did. What was this like vision of her? What, what did you think she was? So beyond the obvious, like physical attraction, one of the things about her that stood out to me when she was on Colton season, and this was, I think you and I talked about this last time. It was, it was a very subtle thing. I think it was on like episode two when she was having a one-on-one with Colton. She talked about when she was a little girl, she had this really bad sickness to where she was basically given only a 10% chance to ever walk again. Mm -hmm. So I thought that her and I had had some physical adversities and things we had been through that have kind of shaped us into being strong individuals that we could maybe like bond or connect on that. Right. And I didn't know about this whole Blake situation. So that was another thing that kind of put a damper into it because when I wanted to talk to her night one, she was obviously dealing with that drama and she was emotionally distraught. And part of me wanted to go and console her, but she was busy with the girls most of the night. So I didn't want my first like conversation with her to be talking about that situation with Blake. So yeah, all this pre-paradise canoodling with a lot of contestants kind of- I'm over it. Yeah. So she kisses you. And then you write the poem. The poem. Yeah. So I don't really do Twitter too much, but I, I did do some live tweeting. You did you did a good job of like self-deprecation yeah. to the point where it's like, oh, if he can laugh, then ha. Yeah. yeah. It, and that's kind of how I've always been. Um, but one of the, the tweets that I did when the whole poem thing <laughs> aired out was, uh, so let me get this straight. Writing notes to someone you care about is a bad idea, dot, 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 noted. And then I had a gif of Ryan Gosling from The Notebook. <laughs> so... I, I get it. Maybe that's not everyone's cup of tea, but in past relationships, I've always been kind of the note writer. I just think it's, it's, it's cool. like people don't write notes anymore. They either send texts and it's something like tangible you can hold on to. And I wasn't trying to be like super romantic. And if you actually like read the note, it was, it was kind of cheesy, but like, that's just me. I'm goofy and quirky like that. Yeah. And I think initially like she accepted it well, but then when you see like her facial reactions to it, it made it seem like, okay, Cam's writing a stupid she's, note again. She's like burning inside. Yeah. Well, I think, and you know, you, you are clear with what your intentions, you want a mom and a wife and babies. And that came off cringy to some people yeah. because it's day one. Technically day two. Day whatever. Yeah. <laughs> not, but it's not to say that that's not, that's a bad thing. Yeah. It's just something that like right out the gate, no one else was saying. I'm just, I'm pretty transparent and straightforward with my intentions. So that was probably a little too aggressive for her liking. But again, it just kind of proves further that she wasn't my person. So then she goes on a date with Mike and then Dean comes in and... <laughs> There's hilarious clips of you just like aimlessly walking around the beach. I'm fine. Or like laying, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> or like laying on the little pod things. Like, what were you just doing that? Like walking around uh, without I mean, purpose? So, whenever Kaylin and I 
I, I basically I pulled her aside the morning after she had the one-on-one with Mike because one of the things Kayla and I both promised each other is that we were going to be undoubtedly honest about like our feelings and I said hey I want you to explore paradise to the fullest that's what it's all about but I told her I said I'm not good at sharing my heart so if I like somebody I can't just like date around a bunch of people and I know that's kind of what paradise is for for some people it just it wasn't my tactic or strategy so when I talked to her the morning after her date with Mike she goes Cam you really surprised me and I really enjoyed our conversation but Mike surprised me too and basically it wasn't like a breakup conversation but she basically said yeah i want to explore things with mike and then an hour later dean shows up <laughs> so then she went and explored things dean. with him so when i had that that conversation with her and basically her telling me yeah it's not going to happen between you and i i was a little upset because that's something i like aspired to try to explore things with because after her and i like whatever stopped trying to build our relationship there was really no one else on the beach at that point in time that I could have a connection with well we kind of touched on this but do you regret being so all in on Kaylin like do you feel like you missed an opportunity with anyone to make a connection I mean Annalise maybe I'd say based on the timing Annalise is the one person that I missed the connection opportunity with and then watching the other arrivals who came after I was eliminated um, I think you had mentioned when we first taught that Jen Saviano, yeah. that that would have been something. I mean, she's, she's, she's beautiful too. Stunning, yeah. Um, but she didn't get too much screen time. So I don't she really. She was with Chris. Yeah. But Chris was already. And he was like, got yeah. seasick on their date. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's so funny. So I really don't know enough about her personality if her and I would have jived, but just from like an overall physical attractiveness, I think she would have been one that may have had some potential too. You would have tried. Would have tried. Okay. Let's talk about Onyeka. Mm-hmm. So you had like a friendship rose kind of thing going with her for a minute. And then... I'm assuming the night that you go home, it's because you think you have this friendship rose from her. Mm -hmm. You think, okay, I'm good. We're going to do this this week. And then she goes home and you're like, "Uh uh-oh. That's exactly how it went down. Like I had no idea that she was going to like send herself home. Did she, did she tell you at any point, like this is going to you or did you just kind of assume that, that she was going to stay? So Onyek and I had a conversation that, so for context, her and I did meet outside of paradise. We had some mutual friends from Texas. So she's from Dallas. And so we both discussed that like, Hey, obviously her and I were strictly platonic. There was, there was no feelings there. We wanted to trust in each other. And if we ever found ourselves at any point in time in the experience where we didn't have strong connections with anybody, but we're still open-minded for the new arrivals the following week, then we would basically save each other, right? Keep each other around to, to see another day. And, I know that she was really interested in Mike. And um, at that time, Mike had already kind of had somewhat of a connection with Sydney. Yep. And basically Mike was, I heard that he just wasn't into Onyeka at all. I just saw her as a friend. So I wanted to be like transparent to Onyeka and be like, hey, like, I know you're kind of into Mike, but he's just not really feeling it. And I said, look, I'm not gonna beg for your rose, but if you still want to stay and give this opportunity some more time, I would love to have your rose and obviously I'll repay the favor this time next week. I don't have a connection with any of the new arrivals. 
So that's the conversation we had. And I thought we were pretty much good on that front, but I didn't know that she was in the headspace of, well, I have nobody here, so I want to go home now. Mm. So whenever she basically sent herself home at the beginning of the rose ceremony, I was like, okay, I'm going home for sure. Because literally there's not a single person here who would give me the rose except maybe Christina out of just whatever. That was like the kind of Hail Mary. But, but that was, she was friend rosing with Blake at that point. Which that's a weird thing in itself too. It's like they used to date, they used to have like a physical thing. So why are you? I still think uh, they're going to be like an, like an Ashley and Jared where they've, fought feelings for so long and then finally they're just gonna wake up and be like yep that's my theory i hope so no i i I love blake i love christina i'm like how can you you met blake before yeah Yeah. he's He's so full of life he's so fun and yeah and obviously like i felt terrible he didn't put himself in a great situation to look right but um i felt bad for him just from a mental health aspect, because I know he has so much anxiety, but yeah, but yeah, no, I'm just like I feel like they're gonna wake up one day and be like, "You all along, yeah, you are the it one." It was you. Well, that conversation with Onyeka didn't really look great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, it's like if you have a really good friend and you know they like somebody, and then you know for a fact that the person they like is not into them, wouldn't you, as a good friend, like want to let that person know so they're not yeah investing time like wasted time, right? So. I mean, I could have just been silent about it and let it organically fizzle out, but I just wanted to be transparent with her. But I think that kind of like was enough to to send her over the edge to like not want to be in paradise at all because she saw no potential in anybody. Once that was said, it was like, okay, bye. Mm -hmm. Um, Rebecca B said, did you think you got any true friendships out of paradise? I feel like overall people were more mean than anything to you. Like I said earlier, I really don't talk to many people in the franchise still. Uh, John Paul Jones is one I, I stay in touch with from time to time. And then Katie Morton, um, she was in Austin last weekend for ACL. So got to meet up with her and then Heather Martin. Uh, Heather's really, really sweet too. So I don't know. I just feel like I've never been in any of the group messages that they have. I just kind of feel Neither. like I've always been the outsider. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why, because I never like really did anything mean to these people. I just, I, I think guess. it's just a massive cool kids party. And I guess I'm not the cool kid anymore. No, neither <laughs> of us are. You no. have to be okay with that though. No, I'm, I'm okay with it. I have, like I said, I have a great group of friends in the real world. Which couple out of any do you think has the best shot at lasting post paradise? I would have to say Dylan and Hannah. Yeah. I mean, they're cute together yeah. and um, Dylan's a good guy. So I think, I think they'll, they'll be in it for the long haul. It'll be interesting though to see how long they're engaged for, yeah. because I think I saw in some interview, like they're actually like more so wanting to fast track and like get like married. Like they're setting a date right now. Yeah. yeah. Cause they're, I think they're both now living in Southern California. Well, Dylan's lived in San Diego and I think Hannah's moving to LA. So We'll see if that works out for him. Are you surprised that Dean and Kaylin seem to be so solid as a couple? Um, yes and no. I, I don't think it'll last. I think they're kind of in honeymoon phase and it's, it's easy to uh, enjoy the company of someone who's taking you all across the world and you're doing all these travels. I mean, you're literally living a honeymoon life. But Dean said he's not the type of guy who's like, want to go to you know, family barbecues and, and have like a normal life. And Kaylin said on the bachelor, that's what she wants. So again, kind of the differing lifestyles, I think it's fun now, but I don't think there's any sustainability to that. 
but I wish them both happiness. Maybe it's one of those things opposites attract. Prove us wrong, please. Yeah, prove us wrong. But my, my gut tells me I'd give them like maybe two or three more months. But they're they're liking the uptick in their followers though. So here's my biggest question. Are you done? Am I done? Are you done? Like with what? This show. I'd say so. Yeah. I feel like you were pretty like just bummed about paradise or maybe just afterwards when you wanted to promote lymphedema again and didn't get the opportunity. So I think, and this is just advice for anyone who's thinking about getting into this world. I think that a pretty thick skin and pretty good self awareness and, and pretty strong mental health, but you really do get put through the ringer post show because social media being what it is, like they tell you to stay out of the comment section and, and you try, but when you're having a sleepless night or you're maybe at an airport and you just have some downtime, it's very easy just to scroll. And we like that. It's, it's, it's a release of dopamine to get those, those likes and those words of affirmation. But then you see some of those negative things. And I try to tell myself that I don't care about what other people think, but I think subconsciously I do. Everyone has to care a little bit. You have to care a little bit. You have to care a little bit, but I think as time has gone by and and now that the show is is done airing, um, obviously that wave is is starting to dwindle down a little bit, but there's still like just going out in public. Like Austin is a very social scene and the bars are jam packed with like bachelorette parties. So it can be overwhelming. And like when you're out with your friends and you have people just want to keep coming up and taking pictures and like for me asking me to freestyle rap and all that, that happens all the time. Uh, it can be a little bit exhausting. So it is important to have a good support system and just to have things that keep you feeling fulfilled because don't go in this bachelor world unless you're okay with your vulnerabilities and the thing that you're most self-conscious about being broadcasted to millions of people because that's what's going to happen whether you like it or not. You could be the most loved person or a villain like you and I and it's going to happen. Oof. And I, I truly kind of went into it naive, like not thinking it was going to happen. Like, why would they do that to me? I I'm a good person. I just think it's like 0 for 2. Like, you got to just yeah. hang up the jersey. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely done. Uh, I, I do feel grateful for the opportunity because it's, it's afforded me a chance to meet a lot of really amazing people and do a lot of fun things, but I didn't get what I wanted my desired outcome, which was to find my person. But I think in a roundabout way, it will lead me to my person. Your person is like somewhere like in the park right now. Yeah. You should go to the park after this. <laughs> the dog park without a dog, dog right? Park, Just yeah. be that guy. I'll go get one of my five okay. and you can Let me borrow, borrow one of them. as a tool for girls. Please. Okay. So we talked about Kerpa. We talked about what you've taken from this experience positively. Uh, Kaylee Hyder, we might have answered this already. Who is his Bachelor Nation crush? My Bachelor Nation crush. Guy or girl? <laughs> Both. Both? Yes. Um, guy, I would say, I'd say Chris Bukowski. Like he and I had a really good, uh, friendship in paradise. He was nice to me out the gate and, uh, he really is a good person. Kerpa. No, it's not Kerpa. Um, no, we're, we're literally just friends. Um, girl wise. I don't know. I really don't know. That's the dumbest answer I've ever heard in my life. Okay, Olivia. Yeah. 
It's it's Olivia. Olivia is my my bachelor nation <laughs> crush. Go away. I am. I moved to Houston, so I'm I'm out of your I'm out of your Austin backyard. He's gone. He left me. Yeah. Speaking of, mm-hmm. you're in Houston now. Yeah. But you've got a cool new job. Great new job. Talk about it. Yes. So really quickly, um, I am a compression therapy consultant. That's basically a roundabout way of uh, I do medical device sales, but I'm also a consultant for doctors and for patients. So I'm literally in and out of the medical center in Houston all day, every day. Wear the scrubs. Wear the scrubs. Wear the scrubs. uh, Talk to doctors, educate doctors, which is really powerful. And then my favorite part is like getting to go to patients' homes and deliver the device and set them up because I'm literally giving them their quality of life back. Is the device what's on your leg right now? Uh, So the device is, it's a home compression pump. So... Yeah, so it basically makes the swelling go down and helps prevent uh, infections from reoccurring. And it feels good. It's just like a massager, but it's, it's, a, it's a medical device that's for, for patients with lymphedema or any chronic swelling. So I deal with a lot of uh, elderly senior citizens, but I even get to, to work with children too. So it's really a full gambit. And it's so fulfilling because these are people who deal with the same disease that I do. So I don't feel like I'm sales rep. I give a testimony every day. So I love it. Emily Beta says, how is your lymphedema now? Is everything good? So just high level on lymphedema, there's no cure for it. It is a chronic condition. So the best thing that any lymphedema patient can do is just to stay compliant in their therapy, which is wearing compression garments, which you see I'm wearing, yeah. wearing one right now. It looks like a... Like a legging. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a legging, which is it's a little bit tighter compression. So picture like the, the Lululemon pants, but like real thick material. They almost look like kind of like a wetsuit material. Yeah, yeah, almost like, like a, a neoprene. neoprene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I've, I've been super compliant with that. I use my pump at night. And I've gotten a little bit better with my diet and just overall exercise, like pool therapy is the best thing you can do for this condition. And I'm just trying to lead by example, because now that I'm in you know, the public spotlight for lymphedema, I want to be the best patient I can be so I can inspire others. So I got to give a keynote at Harvard Medical School two weeks ago. Damn. <laughs> Harvard. Harvard. Uh, like it's hard. And, uh, what? Like it's hard? Uh, yeah. And being in a room surrounded by other lymphedema patients was just such a powerful moment for me. So I'm just continuing that momentum and it's a lifelong career for me. So that's a very big silver lining that this show has afforded me the ability to be open in public about my condition. I think we've covered, ooh, this one, Nicole and Clay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you think that this drama would extend, like, I don't know how many weeks it's been, but they're still like beep, 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 bop. Yeah. So what do they, they call it? Clap back things like that? Well, it's like she says, like, failed NFL career. And he's like, I just didn't want to get engaged. And she's like, then why did you go on the show? But, like, it's going, I don't know date-wise when this show ended, but it's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. And so. and they had their, I guess, hot seat or one-on-one for the Paradise reunion. I don't think it aired. It never aired. No. Yeah. She has a boyfriend now. Like, just move on. There, there, there's no need to bring negativity into this space. Like, don't even bring up something that's going to cause this extra drama because that's not the type of publicity you want, at least not not in my eyes. And I don't think it's them, like, trying to stay relevant. Maybe it is, but I think they're both grown adults and they just need to move on. And, and Clay, he is a sweet guy. I don't think he's a malicious person, but it's like, dude, like... Let Nicole say her piece, and then just the best response is no response at all. Yeah, he just, did respond. A yeah, he's he's responded a couple of times. So just just move on, people. Did we miss anything? 
I mean, there's a lot we missed, but we're keeping it PC. Yeah, keeping it PC. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't think so. So, so you're you're done too. I, you've known that. Yeah. I've I've been done. I've been done. What if what if they offered you the Bachelorette? No. No. You couldn't you couldn't ship through thirty guys. I I really don't think that that environment is a good space for me okay. to meet someone. What is a good space for you to meet someone? You know, I need time because I'm like kind of I have a lot of walls. I'm kind of like I push everyone away. So it would it would just I'm, she does for the record. Yeah. She does. So it's like it's not something where like 30 guys could just be like hey who are you and i would just like open up the way that you have to so closing up here one bit of advice that you have for me now relocating back to houston and like trying to date seriously after being in this world advice for you yeah what advice do you have for me i think you need to let go of a vision that you have in your mind of who your wife and mother of your children is going to be but would you agree that it's still kind of important to have like a list of criteria or like attributes yes, that you yes. want? I mean, definitely. I have my list of like, okay, I'd like this. I can't have this, which I think is an equally important list. But like, I don't, I don't go into every interaction with a man and think like this, I need, I need a husband and a father to my children. I don't think that way because I'm just like, it's going to happen or it's not. And like, this is going to work or it isn't. I just am open to things. Yeah, we all want a husband and a wife and a father and a mother to our children, but like, that's a long way down the road. Uh, I guess so. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, we're, we're Southerners, so I'm sure a lot of your friends are married with kids too. Oh, so that's yeah. that's my problem is I see myself like constantly comparing to that. Like I got a fridge full of, you know, Christmas cards and you start to see them with their families growing and forming and you kind of feel like the outsider when like now I mean, I'm 31. I, I just... For all those moments where I feel like that, like I really try to embrace like this is a beautiful place where my friends are at and I'm also in a beautiful place right now. And pretty soon I'm gonna be there. You have to appreciate the season that you're in and you cannot keep looking forward to the next season that hasn't arrived yet. But yeah, that would be my advice. Okay. As, does that make sense? It does. I think my problem was when I was little, I watched that movie Practical Magic with uh, Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman and they like, one eye blue, one eye green, like put this prototype of a future no perfect prototype. person. And also, like, you know, you watch TV, you watch movies, and you see these people just, like, fall in love. I mean, I love, like, Hallmark Lifetime Christmas movies, and they're all so predictable. It's like man meets girl. Mm -hmm. Guy bumps into girl in a, by a car. And, like, I don't know. But it just doesn't work that way. But it does for some people. So, and like, I've heard lucky. stories like that. They got yeah. lucky. And you will one day. But like we cannot look at every human and be like, do you fit the prototype? Mm -hmm. Do you fit the prototype? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, a good way to, to end this segment on, on optimism. Wrap it up. <laughs> um, how can everyone follow you on the meads? Probably just Instagram or yeah, Cameron Ayala, A-Y-A-L-A. -A and again, Ron is not my middle name. It's Cameron Joseph Ayala, but my IG is Cameron Ayala. Okay. You got to follow him on, on Instagram and uh, yeah. Or in Houston. Come check me out. Go meet him at bars. a bar in Houston <laughs> and ask him for a picture and ask him to do a rap. No. Okay. Bye-bye.